This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9707 AM on Friday, the 16th of December. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. As always, let's recap how global markets closed overnight. The colour is red. And it's across the region. U.S. markets did very badly last night. Second day of declines. The Dow was down 2.3%. S&P 500 down 2.5%. And the Nasdaq is down a whopping 3.2%. Meanwhile, in Asia, not great either. Nikkei T25 down 0.4%. Hang Seng was down down 1.6%. Shanghai also fell by 0.3%. Singapore Straits Times, probably the best performing market, major market in Asia, was only down 0.2%. While our very own... FBMKLCI was down 1.1%. For some thoughts on uh, what's moving markets at the moment, we speak to Tim Holland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago. Good morning, Tim. Thanks as always for joining us. So markets retreated for the second day with risk off again. Um, we saw central banks from the Fed, Bank of England, and also the ECB raising rates. Is inflation the incurable disease that markets just can't contend with right now? Well, I, I think there's still this transitory uh, mindset out there, you know, at any hint of, okay, inflation going from, you know, eight, nine percent to seven percent. And that's, you know, good, but, you know, not a, it's a victory. The Fed's told you they're going to 5.1 percent, you know, 5 percent funds rate. And they're going to stick there for a while. So, I mean, that's what they're going to do. And regardless, I think of what so much they've already said, the economy uh, is something that they're willing to sacrifice in order to bring inflation in line. And quite frankly, I'm not so sure how deep any recession, even though everyone's fearful, uh, you know, will be. But nevertheless, rates need to stay higher because inflation is not transitory and it's a little stickier in my view. Okay, let's look at some of the U.S. data that came out last night. So we've got retail sales and manufacturing both dropped last month, but yet unemployment, sorry, employment remains very resilient. So really, where does this leave the Federal Reserve and what do we make of all this conflicting messaging? I think the Fed's been pretty clear that they're worried about the drop in the labor force, which will keep demand stiff for workers, which will keep wages higher, which is one of the things that they're, you know, I think one of their biggest fears and drivers of inflation. And quite frankly, see, it went from the good sector. There's no question the good sectors will fluctuate, but goods inflation has gone down. Service inflation and into wages, is this is what I think that is the problem for them waiting as long as they waited to take the moves that they took. So in any in any event, it uh, you know it means that yeah, there's a slowdown coming, and but there's still inflation in the, the wage the labor sector is still very tight, and there's still plenty of jobs, which would be unprecedented for a recession, by the way. Tim, what um, should we look out for then, to in terms of indications that the um, labor market is um, kind of backing off from this uh, hot hot temperatures that it's at? Which sectors need to be impacted before we see that effect? Well, I think what you're first seeing, you need to see the uh, labor force participation rate uh, tick up. That, you know, that would be one. Uh, the second, I think, uh, uh, profound impact of this is going to be companies because there's so many more jobs than there are labor, you know, than there are workers, and especially skilled, that they're going to pay a little more for that and spend a little less on capex. So that's what I think is something really to watch: is that margins ought to get hit, and if sales are slowing at the same time, margins are getting hit. 
guess what? You're going to have an earnings recession. So I don't know economic one. I do think the chances are very high for an earnings recession. And I think that's what the equity market's being banged over the head with. Is 2023 the year for credit? Boy, I tell you, right now, it looks like even I see the default rates are estimated as something like 2.5%, which is still very, very low. Uh, and spreads for... Um, you know, they've come in a little bit, but they've still gotten to a point where they'll reward you. So I think it depends what kind of credit. I think the treasury market is still very distorted. I do think there's some value in some uh, high yield. I think there's value in mortgages. I think EM bonds. But I think you have to be careful. Uh, and it's not so much going to be a treasury index that you want to own. In fact, I think the treasuries are probably mispriced right now, not giving us the indication that everybody thinks they're giving us. So uh, taking all this into account, then, how should this inform the allocation between equities and fixed income next year? I mean, is it still going to be a 60-40 split? Well, I don't think it's 60-40 in the Vanguard, you know, or I don't think it's 60-40 in the one where it's like treasuries. I think it could be 60-40. But again, you have to have a fixed income manager that could, you know, go throughout the fixed income spectrum and, and be able to choose the value. In, in the sector. So like I said, I don't think it's in treasuries. I wasn't a fan of 60-40. I'm still really not because I think with the Fed tightening, they're going to force long-term rates up a little bit. So I think that you're going to still see yields up, uh, market down or bond prices down, stocks down. You know, I think you're still going to have that. So I'm not a buyer of treasuries here. In fact, I think it's a, a selling point, actually. So Tim, what is your ideal asset allocation then? Well, <laughs> I like the one-year bill, T-bill ladders. So, you know, right now you're going to get four and three-quarter percent in a one-year T-bill and probably five percent. So, you know, my my feeling is to stay, you know, in that hefty. I know people think, well, okay, then when it turns, you know, you're going to be reinvesting at lower long-term rates. I'm not so sure about mm -hmm. that. I do like the fact that four and three-quarters, which incidentally was junk yield <clears throat> six months ago, seven months ago, and if we take a look at um, the oil and gas sector, the International Energy Agency has a bearish outlook on global energy demand next year. How do you think this is um, going to impact U.S. shale oil companies um, to perform amidst this downturn? Well, I think one thing that's holding back production here is I think the headwinds, regulatory headwinds that they face. But I think that the break-even point for these guys is still lower than here. You know, don't quote me, maybe 55 or 60 bucks. I'm not exactly quite sure. But let's say it is still profitable. Um, and I like playing like Oxy, Occidental, which is a one. They have the Anadarko assets. So when it comes to the shale producing, I think they got that marginal production, which is why I think they'll be okay. I still think it's good. And even if we do get a recession and slowdown, obviously that you know, is what – Prices are reflecting now. However, the supply is still an issue that I think will support prices. Um, I do have a question in terms of uh, asset allocation, back to asset allocation. But is it going to be a, a 2023 the year to buy EMs versus DMs? Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you asked that. I've been saying that like a broken record. But, you know, the strength of the dollar kind of really uh, kind of rained on that parade. But I do think the dollar... Uh, Maybe it gets a little strength here with the renewed interest rate, but I think the dollar peaked, and I do think we're going to see a weaker dollar. And I actually really love EM value, and I love EM debt. But I do think you need to know, you know, deal with uh, managers that really know what they're doing in the sector. But I think there's a lot to go there, uh, and I think it's going to be a good play, anti-dollar play as well. You have to, you can't be real bullish in the dollar and like that that trade. But I, I happen to really like it a lot, and it's one of my 
I think, favorites for next year. Okay, but in the EM space, especially when it comes to equities, is there any preference? Is it Are you looking at, let's say, Latin America versus uh, Asia? Well, I still like Asia a lot. And by saying that, you have to like China. And I think China is so darn cheap right now. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, Asia is certainly, in my view, uh, a preference. But I also think there's a lot good going on in Brazil. I think there's a lot of good stuff going on in uh, South America as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the space. But again, I'm not maybe a uh, micro type person, more of a macro type person. But let's just say in that allocation, I think you need to really look hard in EM debt and in EM value. Tim, thanks as always for the chat. That was Tim Mulholland, president of TJM Limited in Chicago, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. I think what's clear is Tim is a very bottom-up uh, fund manager. He wants to look for value. He is willing to spend the time to pick the markets and to pick the counters that will make a difference. But it's going to be very volatile, I think, even for the rest of the year. You've got like another maybe less than 10 days for trading. Uh, indices seem to be swinging very wildly, which is usually, which isn't normal, because most fund managers, most institutional investors, have, have probably already gone on vacation. Right, everyone's but, waiting for Santa, right? Yeah, but I think it's because uh, the the central banks around the world are still raising rates. There seems to be a swing between okay, they're done versus they still got a lot more room to go, and I think now the concern is the recession. I think it's it's an academic exercise whether it's here. It's just a question of how bad it will be. All right, seven seventeen in the morning. We're heading into some messages. We'll come back with a look at what's making the headlines in our local newspapers and portals as well as internationally. Stay tuned. BFM eighty nine point nine. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cmbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.